when you're building it from scratch, it's never been done before. There's no plan. There's no corporate structure. There's no systems in place. There's no backup. It's you and your griddle and your drive and your crepes. And they're so good. You're going to hear from Kelly of Kelly's Cafe next. This is a dash of grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. Now, podcasting from Spire to leaders in local communities like yours, here is Brian Leflock. And let's get cooking. I've said let's get cooking well over 50 times since I started this uh, podcast, but never has it been more appropriate than now. Folks, I've interviewed and we've listened to entrepreneurs and presidents and founders and CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, and they all have grit. We're talking real grit when you've got a local, family-owned, hardworking, get-it-done-right restaurant. And we're going to talk about just everything that goes into making that kind of a business a success. And we're going to do it now with Kelly Horder. She's the owner, and I've seen her cooking, and she's the chief mom, and she welcomes everybody in to Kelly's Cafe in the Drug Mart Plaza on Pearl Road in Brunswick, Ohio. You Folks, it sounds small, but it's so awesome. I want you to meet Kelly Horder. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here because I, I fall into the trap too. Like, you know, we want to interview the, the big Fortune 500 businesses and all the, the things. That, and I walked into your restaurant and there you were working so hard with a big smile on your face, making these football-sized crepes, <laughs> talking to people while you did it, opening the doors while people came in. And I said, you know, that that is what grit is all about. That is just making it happen every day. And I'm just really excited that you're on the show to share your story. Well, thank you for having me. It's it's great to be here. And it was really nice to meet you too. Tell me a little bit about your, your store, your restaurant. Share with me some of the successes. Brag a little bit. I know what I saw. I know <laughs> what I think. But tell me in your own word, what are you so proud about with Kelly? Um, well, I feel like I'm proud to still be open after COVID, but also um, we we were open for 10 years. Our 10-year anniversary happened right um, as COVID happened. So for 10 years before that, we were making crepes, um, having fun, making friends in Brunswick, Ohio. Um, I feel proud because we're a top rated. We get a lot of good reviews, thank goodness. And I try not to read good reviews or bad reviews just to keep my head in the game every day and just kind of do my thing um, without um, outside influence, I guess. So um, we, we are just like having fun making crepes for 10, you know, for 11 years now. Yeah, isn't that amazing? You you do crepes, and I look at the menu, and it's <laughs> it's crepes, and you've been successful for eleven years making crepes. What are you? What what makes you? I see you smiling back there too. What, what <laughs> happy? What are you most happy about in this in this business that you've made so successful? Well, I think I just love my business. I love all the people that come in. It's like every day is different, so I don't. Ha I never relive the same day twice. It's always. Um, you know, a different group of people, people come in and share their life with me. So I feel like that might be my favorite part of my cafe is really the 
fact that I get to know so many people and enjoy um, spending time chatting with them. And it's funny because one day my son said, I said, I don't feel like cooking dinner tonight. And he said, well, you cook all day. And I said, oh, I never really even think of it that way because <laughs> I think I talk more than I cook, but I guess I'm cooking too. So you're just um, cooking, but that's when you know you're doing it right, right? When you when you're not when you don't even know you're working. And yeah, you're yeah I feel like I don't. I just am there kind of having, you know, social interactions. And I mean on Sunday it's not that social. It's a very busy Sunday, and we're just really trying to concentrate on cranking out as many crepes as possible and not having people be impatient with us because in the culture we're in, that's like kind of a more fast food culture we're a homemade product. So it sometimes takes a little longer. So um, that's why uh, some days it's a little more pressure to, you know, really get moving. So um, on those days, maybe it's a little more work, <laughs> but 90% of the time it's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> on a Sunday, on a Sunday, how many crepes are you whipping off of those griddles? You know what? I don't even count. We just go as quick as we can go. But we have seven grills running. On a Sunday, we'll have seven grills. And usually if there are savory crepes, there'll be two on a grill, like cooking, you know, finishing off. So, I mean, we could be making, you know, 20 crepes at a time on a Sunday. So, I mean, they all, so they're just going on, coming off as quick as we could go. And now it's not just me. I usually, I have someone on the back grill um, on Sunday. So we we're just trying to keep on moving. <laughs> Keep the people moving. Man. And there's always, there's a line out front and, you, and you're taking mm -hmm. care of people. I'm interested now because I know there's people listening that say, I make the greatest cupcakes. I don't open a bakery. <laughs> I make great uh, spaghetti. I should open an Italian restaurant. You've opened a crepe store. I'm wondering how you got into it. What kind of hurdles, what kind of grit did you have to show to get this thing off the ground and, and on the way to the successful place that it is? Well, the funny thing is um, when I first started, we were really trying to do like ice cream and coffee and the crepe was an ancillary item, but mm -hmm. that's the thing that people were looking to get. So I quickly went from two crepe grills to three and then to five, and now we have seven. So it wasn't even really, um, I guess the thing that I'll say about this story is that you don't know really what part of your business is necessarily going to be the part that you have to adapt because I just thought, oh, we'll be a coffee shop. I'll have a couple of crepes, you know, but um, there's just not really the same profit in doing just coffee. And I've just kind of figured out, oh, I'm, I mean, I loved crepes. I made them. I um, lived in Chicago and that's where I had my like inspiration for the savory crepe because I knew that no one was really doing it around like the Cleveland area. Now there are more places, but when I started, there weren't. It was just the West Side Market. And actually I bought my grills from the guy at the West Side Market and he told me, um, there aren't enough passports down there to sell crepes. And oh. I said, oh, well, we're about to find out. <laughs> so, so I had a lot of doubters. <laughs> Everybody would walk into the cafe and say like, what's a crepe? And I'm like, well, you know, it's just a shell, a, like basically a vessel for delivering you delicious food. <laughs> so we just had to, and then people found us who knew what they were, but getting started, I would say that there were a lot of doubters, a lot of, um, People just didn't know what was going on. And, um, you know, we just kept plugging away and adding grills and um, just adding 
um, crepes because I started with like five savory and five sweet. And you've seen my menu. I have like 30 something crepes. We just edit, added a huge vegan menu um, because that's kind of a thing now. We have a couple of vegans in my family. So mm-hmm. we're, you know, they push for some vegan. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we're just going along. I'm interested in you're, you're building this coffee shop and you've got this dream to do that and you've got it all set up in the plan. And then at some point you're saying, you know, this needs to be crepes. Did mm-hmm. you know at the time that just making that shift was going to be a home run or was it a gut instinct that said, I really need to do this and we'll just mm-hmm. see what happens on the other side? I would say the second thing, like, well, I mean, we started with crepes, so it wasn't that we, they were in the plan, but they just were kind of not the main focus. And so I saw that I needed to start shifting. I was losing money. Um, I was just working a lot and not really going anywhere. And I was like, I'm not failing. So (laughs) I saw they were starting to take off and I just started adding more, adding more. And then we were started getting popular and it sort of, um, I mean, the first year, I mean, I think that I lost the same amount as going to grad school for a year, (laughs) (laughs) you know, but I wasn't going to give up because I'm very stubborn. And I had a three-year lease, so I was like, I'm just going to keep going for this. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, and then it, then it, I would say, like, I lost money. Then I started, it was like a hobby, and then it became a, an actual income. So it took a little bit of time, and my accountant probably was a little worried about me, like, what is this lady doing? Because it doesn't seem like she's going to make it. But I just kept going to work and kept kept, you know, adding things and trying to meet new people and, you know, keep doing what I saw would work and shift some things around that weren't working. You have to keep shifting. If you're not shifting, you're, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. If you don't, if you don't see the signs, like if you want to do your idea, you're not going to make it. You have to do what people need and want. You can't just say, oh, I'm going to do this idea because if nobody's buying it, you're going to fail. But I'm going to push back on that a little bit because I've heard you say that the person up at Westside Market told you it's not going to work. Your account is thinking it's not going to work. You've lost a ton of money on this new idea. (laughs) And restaurants come and go. Right. Water through a faucet, right? Mm -hmm. Every sign says this isn't going to work. In fact, and your your solution for that is to get away (laughs) from the thing that does work, which is coffee shops, Mm -hmm. and sell something that no one even knows what they are. Mm-hmm. What what made you so sure that you were doing the right thing to go ahead and press on? I just felt it. Like I could see that when people came in and they would eat the crepe, they would be excited. They'd tell their friend. They sent me new people. Like I think it was people that were getting it. Like I could see that people were getting it. And then I I just felt like it was starting like people were starting to catch it. Like they, they would have the crepe. They go, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And then they would tell their friend and then they would tell the next friend and then they would say, Oh, my neighbor sent me. And so I could see it's the idea spreading. So I knew it was catching on. I just had to hang on. Like I could, I could see that it was starting to become a thing. Yep. Like you would just see it in people, like when they would eat it, they would be excited and then they bring their friend. And then I just started adding tables. Like um, when I first opened, there were more like couch situation and like a counter. It was set up like a coffee shop. And so I just started ripping out stuff and sw- adding tables and just kind of, you know, 
changing the feel of like to make it more feel like a restaurant than a coffee shop. So just little by little, I just kept tweaking it until, you know, it just became what it is now. <laughs> so but gut, gut instinct, gut instinct, like my dad, he's funny because he says, because he'll sometimes say, oh, that's crazy. Like this idea is crazy. You're doing, and I, and I'll tell him, well, it's just what I feel like I have to do. So he's now finally after 11 years after COVID, I think he said, just do what you think you should do. You somehow know what you're supposed to be doing. So, so now finally I, I have him on board. He's always helped me since the beginning. So now he just, um, now trusts me a little more. Yeah. And that feels good, doesn't it? <laughs> and I'm interested in so so you're you're seeing you're sticking with your heart and your gut and and yeah. you keep on making crepes. If you build it, they will come, and you you fully right. invested in that. And I'm wondering when you started to see the light at the end of the tunnel, started to see bringing friends, and and you started mm-hmm. to add a couple of tables. At what point did you like? How long did that take from? I don't know that this is right to I'm sure this is right. And and what did that feel like? When did you know you were there? I feel like year three was like really the, I think my account even said to me like year three, if you're not making money year three, like maybe you need to go get a different job. But um, year three, I feel like it, it, that's when things really felt stable. That's how I would look at it. Three into year four. Then I really felt like a change. Like I knew um, I was going to go to work and have clientele. Yeah. So somewhere in there, three, four. So, so you build it from the year to three to four and now your people are lining out. And I, I, th- now I'm going to ask a question that I don't understand. Mm-hmm. How in the world does a restaurant make it through a pandemic? <laughs> Everything um, closed. Well, and you know. <laughs> Let's talk about that a little bit. I don't, I don't understand. And yet we, I know you're open and I know yeah, we're open. open. <laughs> there's good news at the end of the story. But <laughs> that, um, well, um, there's a lot of things. First of all, the, the ad- adapting, you just have to kind of, um, we, well, luckily I have a bunch of kids that are in college personally. <laughs> so family. they got sent home to me. They got sent home to me. So I had free labor. So, no. um, a lot of my regular staff, I had like one mom working for me. She got her kids sent home to her to homeschool. So she couldn't work. And, um, a lot of the kids, they didn't want to work because they didn't have to, or they were homeschooling and it was tough. So my own children came home and worked a lot for free. Like they would do their homework at the cafe. When we get a call, we'd make crepes. It was just sort of like a blessing that they were sent home also because I got that help because without them, I don't know if if the story would have been different, if I didn't have that free labor, just sitting there doing their homework. And then I would say, oh, is anyone not in class? Like, you want to come help me work for a little bit? Because the calls, it was so erratic. It was very, very tough. We switched to like, to all take out at first. Then we were able to open to like half capacity. So we just kind of kept adapting, trying to figure out what you know, what times people were looking for us, you know, just kind of just going like kind of the beginning story, just keep showing up and just try to make it through. And there were very scary times. 
I did end up getting one of the PPP uh, draws. So that really saved my business. That was about the week before I borrowed money from my parents. That was the next thing. <laughs> because even though you think, um, you know, you, it's just you can't go down to 25% of your business no. from, you know, you're not paying your bills at 25% of your business. So, um, but we, I mean, we tried to just live really frugally and just get through. And then um, after we got the PPP, that was like really helpful. And that helped us kind of skate through to the end. And then now people are coming back out. So I feel like we're pretty much, I, I mean, how would I say it? I'm a little cautious because I'm just worried like in the fall, is there going to be something going on where, you know, so I, I feel like I'm still kind of, you know, being careful, let's just say, but, but I, I now like we went to all takeout, takeout was only 10% of my business. So, um, and we're still doing a decent amount of takeout. So it's kind of made it. So the cafe is a little weird because we have to have like an area to put our takeout stuff because it's just not set up for that. So, so the cafe is still a little, you know, little COVID ish, but we're kind of back to normal business. And how do you think that that experience uh, has impacted your family? Has it uh, brought you closer? I'm assuming um, that it has. I feel like we're more appreciative of each other just in general because, well, I know I appreciate the kids a lot. The fact that they, I mean, there were, I was quarantined. They all had to come up and work for me. Like, there's just been a whole, like, that's another thing is I missed probably a month of work from COVID. I've never even taken a month vacation from my business and I had to miss a month because of, you know, different COVID situations. So um, luckily the kids were back at school at that time down in Columbus. So they came back up and some of my ex-workers, you know, they, they came into the cafe and just like, that's another thing I learned that if something really happened, my ex-workers, my, my kids, they're going to go up and take care of the cafe and, um, make me proud. So I, I feel very lucky about that because I've had a lot of teenage workers come through the cafe and I see that as they grow up they're really a great backup staff. <laughs> so that's really helped a lot. And, and and use the word lucky. And I, and I'm going to push back a little bit because I know it's not just that. I, I wonder if you can tell me, and if you don't mind, um, maybe bragging a little bit, but <laughs> you've done something there. You've created a culture there that allows those people to want to come back and give back. It, it forces, not force, but it welcomes mm-hmm. all the people in the Brunswick Medina area to come and support you. What do you think it is about Kelly's Cafe that creates that togetherness, that culture of let's do this, we can get this done Mm -hmm. together? Well, I feel like it is like, even though Brunswick really isn't that small anymore, it sort of does have a small town feel to it. That's one thing. And a lot of my customers know each other, like, I'll find out when one of my workers comes in, oh, that's their aunt, that's their neighbor. Um, They're all kinds of people that I already know. Um, And everybody kind of is interconnected by not just like, it's not seven degrees, it's like two degrees of separation. So I think that makes a difference because people genuinely do care because they know you, they know your employees, they know everything. Like, so it's very interconnected. I don't just have Bruns, like the kids that work for me, they're from Medina, Hinkley, um, Brunswick, Strongsville, Brexville, like all over. So, um, 
the nice thing is, um, yeah, we get people from all over and people just are, I think, cause we are a little place, people maybe care about us a little more yeah. because they get to have that personal contact. And we have people that have been coming in for 11 years. They came every week and got takeout from me, even if they didn't want to create probably just to keep me open. I had people, you know, buy gift certificates that they didn't use until after COVID. So we're, um, that was really sweet. I had this one girl, the day it was shutting down, I know she came in and bought like a hundred dollar gift certificate and just held it. Cause she said, I knew that you're going to need that money. So I bought a gift certificate. So, I mean, it took all those people to keep this cafe there for, and people would tell me we're, we're getting this cause we want you here when it opens back up. And I was like, I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, even Dairy Queen across the street from me, they bought all their employees gift certificates one day and that like paid my mortgage. Wow. You know? mm -hmm. Everything did that across the street. Another yeah. restaurant. See, mm -hmm. and this they're amazing. The owners there, they're franchise owners and they're really just very generous people, you know? So that's the kind of community I'm in is like a very generous, a very generous place. And, and that's why I wanted to share this story. I had a feeling that it was going to be about community and going to be about mm -hmm. uh, small town, small business mm -hmm. success. And and th this show gets listened to, uh, you know, across the country. And, and there's small towns mm -hmm. everywhere. And there's mm -hmm. there's a Kelly's Cafe, right? <laughs> you know, it, it's yeah, not, there definitely it's, is. Yeah, just mm -hmm. amazing how how when and this is advice for any business small or large, mm -hmm. when you take care of people, when you take care of your employees, mm -hmm. when, you, when you use your gut to make the right decisions mm -hmm. moving forward, you'll come out ahead, won't you? There's no I, I believe that's the truth. Mm -hmm. I really believe it's the truth because I see that uh, companies that we do business with, we do, we carry Berardi's Fresh Roast Coffee. They're a small roaster in North Royalton and they're wonderful. And during COVID, I they I know that their business was down too. And if I needed something, they were right there, you know. And we, I, I feel like they weathered the storm too. And it was just a lot of different people who were all trying to get through it and trying to see what they could do to help. Like sometimes I would try to place a bigger coffee order than I needed just because I know they're trying to, all their business was down because they serve all small restaurants, you know? So. And you didn't have any money to do that. People were. <laughs> but you're just trying, like when someone buy a gift certificate, then you go buy extra coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the future. And of course, no one knows whether COVID's coming back in the fall or right. not. But uh, assuming everything is full steam ahead, mm -hmm. what are your goals and plans? And what are the hurdles that you are going to need to overcome to accomplish those goals for Kelly's Cafe in the future? Well, it's kind of, the funny thing about my place is it's just so unpredictable all the time. So I always say have some kind of goal like, oh, I'm going to train more employees. or So I think post-COVID, the thing that I've kind of learned is maybe not to plan that much and just try to <laughs> get through my, I have my balance, trying to have a balance of life and work and um, just keep going, try to keep a positive attitude. I think that's the biggest thing is sometimes during COVID, I think I, I feel like I'm normally fairly positive, but there were days where I was just like kind of grumpy, <laughs> just dealing with it. So um, just trying to get back to that really better vibe in the cafe where people are just happy to be out and 
um, you know, spoiling the customers, like that's what we like to do. And um, talking to people, like just getting back more to normal or even better than normal, maybe just really appreciating being out and about and, um, you know, just creating, recreating the experiences we have pre-COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what, this is a fun question. I, I can't wait to hear your answer. Mm-hmm. Parma needs a Kelly's Cafe. Nesta <laughs> needs a Kelly's Cafe. And Illyria needs a Cafe. Do you ever, do you want to grow and expand and open or are you good where you're at? Um, well, right now I feel like I'm good where I'm at this minute, but it, I can't say that hasn't crossed my mind. I don't know if it would be like me at Kelly's Cafe or would I one day when before I retire want to maybe franchise some Kelly's Cafes? I'm not really sure. It's a good question. It's kind of something I haven't given tons of thought to, but I do think about um, would I be able to replicate what I have going on? I'm, I, I mean, it will take some work. <laughs> so because the thing about having a little business and doing a lot of things by yourself is it's hard to say, like, if you could really replicate it to, to like, you know, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure. So <laughs> it's something that I do think about and maybe now my kids are getting older. It might be something that I'm interested in trying to work on. I'm, I'm not sure. Like I'm feeling it out. <laughs> yeah. I think that makes sense. That's a, that's a tough, tough call to make. Mm-hmm. I mean, you are Kelly. And it's Kelly's right. Cafe, and that right. is hard to do. But if I always think, like, can I give another person who wants to be um, an entrepreneur kind of the leg up that I didn't have? Like, here's a recipe that is going to definitely give you an income <laughs> if you want to work a lot. But that's another thing is you have to find someone who really loves to work. Yeah. Yeah, and you definitely put it in the grid. And, and so uh, I, I, if people wanted to reach out to you, maybe they want to talk about franchising now that we've brought it up. Uh, or, they just, or, or they just want some inspiration. You've accomplished, I tell you, you've accomplished the thing that 90, I'm guessing, 92%, we all think we can do something. And mm-hmm. yet most of us don't do it. And we look back someday and, or we don't, but we just don't make that step. We don't make that leap. We don't have the grit. We don't have the confidence, whatever it is. Maybe it's just like not knowing. Ignorance is bliss. You're just like, I think I'll just go do this thing. Entrepreneurship is almost crazy, right? It, 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 I think it definitely has a little time touch of crazy in it because you just you're willing to just take a really unknown leap and follow what your gut is that I think a lot of people are just too afraid to follow their gut and you have to just kind of be that enough crazy to just do it (laughs) yeah and I bet there's people out there that are thinking that way now if they wanted to reach out to you learn more about your story talk to you or if they're just hungry right now for some really great Um, how would they get in touch with you? Um, well, there are a lot of ways to get in touch with me because I stand at a cafe all day. So they could just come into Kelly's Cafe. They could um, message the cafe on Facebook or me personally. Um, Kelly Sims Hoarder on, is what my name is on Facebook. Um, they could call the cafe at 330-225-9999 during business hours because but I don't return messages on our voicemail because they're just too many. I just delete them all. So um, those are some ways that they could find me. But 
pretty much just coming into the cafe. I'm standing there all day long, usually. <laughs> That's the best way to find me. That's one of the I can't even get away. You just come in. <laughs> First time I walked in and sat down and looked over and I was with a guest and he said, that's Kelly. I said, of Kelly's Cafe? I said, yeah, that's Kelly. And, <laughs> and, and not only were you cooking, but you were talking and smiling and listening and mm-hmm. caring. And so was your family. And it's just a really unique and, and wonderful thing. So thank you very much for sharing that. I want to do a quick uh, quick plug in for Spire Advertising here before we leave. Um, that's who's paying the bills around here. So let's let's do the, the quick ad. But Spire is a marketing agency that, that helps businesses grow. And, and, and uh, you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you're an established business, whether you have a marketing director on staff, sometimes you just need to level up. And sometimes you need a team to help you do that. And that's where Spire can come alongside. So if you're interested in learning more about our marketing services, please uh, look up uh, spiread.com. You'll also find me on LinkedIn. I'm Brian Leffelock and I'm the director of sales at Spire. Thank you, Kelly. I think, uh, Kelly, one of my definitions for success is uh, you have a dream and you haven't given up on it yet. And I think you fit that to the T. And I thank you for sharing your story on a dash of grit. Thank you so much for having me. I hope to see you again for some crepes. You will. <laughs> you will. I, I took a picture of the menu and sent it home to my wife. I said, you awesome. can see this. There's like all these different crepes. And yeah, we will We will be there shortly. Folks, listen again. We have stories like this all the time on Dash of Grid. You can find it where you find your podcast. It's also on YouTube where you can see our faces doing all this uh, this stuff. So you can check that out too. We do it once a week. Check out the next one. Until then, stay gritty and win the day. This is a Dash of Grit. Recipes for success from courageous leaders who overcome challenges and build great things. 